I have had people say to me, I don't care. I just want to save money. But I don't know that they've really thought through the implications. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. G'day everyone and welcome back to The Liftoff Show. And today we're chatting with a guest that I've been meaning to chat with for a few weeks now and we have Kathleen on today. Kathleen, do you just want to take a second to introduce yourself, tell everyone what you've been up to in the e-commerce space? Sure thing. Hey Austin, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, Yeah, I'm Kathleen Booth. I'm a chief marketing officer at a company called Clean.io. And we help e-commerce marketers get better ROI out of their discount strategies and make more profitable marketing decisions by helping them control the code that executes on their websites. Nice. Very interesting. And changes that need to be done. It's just a minor change that can be made on the discount side and improving that. So do you just want to dive into that in a bit more detail? Because I'm curious. I haven't done a whole bunch of diving deep into what you do at clean.io, but... I'm fascinated. So do you just want to dive in and tell everyone who's listening sort of a bit more about the platform, how it all works and you know how it's valuable? Yeah, happy to. So we, you know, we've been in business for four or five years. We originally started out in the advertising technology space. And so we are our, our code sits on page on more than 8 million websites around the internet, including really large media brands like CBS Interactive and the Boston Globe, Barstool Sports, et cetera. And that, that product really was designed to help online publishers protect the user experience and protect their brands and their revenue by preventing what's called malvertising, which is malicious ads that come through programmatic exchanges. And that's one product. But we learned through doing that and through being on page on so many websites that there are other types of third-party code that could affect user experience, brand, and revenue. And chief amongst those was third-party browser extensions. So we all have them. When we you know, browse the internet, I'm looking at my website browser right now. I use Chrome and I have all these extensions in my Chrome, whether it's a color picker to tell me what a, you know, what the hex color code is on something I see or a screenshot app or the Moz bar, you name it. There are so many of them and extensions function by having an elevated level of permission to run code or script on the pages of the websites that the user is visiting. And for that reason, they're called client side injections because the client or the user the person visiting your site is the one that introduces that code. And often it's very benign, but sometimes it's not. And so when I say it's not, you know, there are times when browser extensions can really affect the user experience on your site. And in doing so, they can affect all the other most important metrics for your business. The one that we're really most focused on and that affects e-commerce brands in particular is coupon extensions. So most famous of those are Honey and Capital One Shopping, but there are plenty of others uh, you know, out there as well. And what they do is when a user comes to your site, they put things in their checkout cart, they're about to buy, they're literally about to hand you their money and the coupon extension pops up and says, hey, how'd you like to save, you know, whatever it is, 10%. We have a bunch of coupons, do you want us to try? You hit yes. And then they proceed to auto inject those coupon codes until they find the biggest one. And it sounds great for shopper because they save you money, but for, for online retailers, it's a bit of a nightmare. You know, it cuts into profits. It means that your coupon codes are not reliable measures of marketing attribution. Hmm. And it can result in dramatic overpayment to affiliates. So there are a lot of reasons that they're 
not good for retailers, but uh, that's what we do. We really help control that code and we give the power back to the retailers to control their user experience, their revenue and their brands. I think it's super interesting because I can put my hand up and say I'm a honey user. I use it every time I'm on a site because I think, well, why not? I want to get a little bit of an extra discount. I want to save as much as I possibly can when buying this product. And so I think it's super interesting. The other side, you know, I guess as a customer, you never really think about it from the brand side and obviously what it's doing. But when you're on the brand side and, you know, working with clients or working with brands one-on-one, you sort of feel that extent to it on the other end. So I guess, do you just want to Talk, yeah, talk a bit, a bit more about that. And I guess, how do we find that balance between customers being super happy in buying versus the brands being happy because they're not over discounting their products? Yeah, I love this question because you hit on the most interesting part of this whole discussion, which is this balance. Because I'm certainly, I would never say, you know, coupon codes are bad or, you know, and I've used those coupon extensions in the past too, but Unfortunately, what has happened is, you know, many of these coupon extensions have either been developed by or have been purchased by really, really big companies. So like Honey, which started out as a little startup that had a great idea, was bought by PayPal for $4 billion. Capital One Shopping used to be called Wikibuy. Obviously, it was bought by Capital One. So these really big, like in many cases, payment processing companies are purchasing these extensions. And because they have super deep pockets and almost unlimited resources, they're creating this very uneven playing field. And and you said the word balance, which I love. There is no balance right now. It's like if you picture a seesaw, the coupon extension is the one that is the, the heavy kid sitting on the seesaw and, and bringing it to the ground. And the retailer is the one sitting at the top with no leverage, right? Waiting to be let down. And what the reason I say that is that it's because of how the coupon extensions work. They've taken all of the power out of retailers' hands to control their own discount strategies, which really doesn't seem fair. So when a user signs up and gets a coupon extension, like if you download Honey into your browser, you you click yes on their terms of service. 99% of people don't even look at what they're saying yes to. They just know they're going to save money. What you're saying yes to is when you as a buyer legitimately get a discount code from a retailer. So like if you're a VIP customer or you signed up for their newsletter and that earned you a discount, when you do that and you go to their website and you put those items in your cart and you type in the code that you've been given and that you rightfully should have, you're agreeing to let the the coupon extension, scrape what you type in and then share it with every everybody else that uses the extension. And so, you know, it's a very interesting kind of way of getting the data because I look at it and I think, boy, that sounds a lot like what Napster did back in the day. You know, like we would buy music, we would buy a song. Like if I bought it, I legitimately owned it. Then Napster would let me share it with a ton of people who haven't bought it. And that really hurt the creators of music. And over time, we all learned like on that, that sort of piracy of, of music was not good for anybody, right? It was bringing the whole music industry kind of down and causing it to suffer. I look at this in a little bit the same way, because as customers, we legitimately get these codes. And then this, these platforms are allowing us to share them with everybody, whether they've earned them or not. Now, I have had people say to me, I don't care. I just want to save money but I don't know that they've really thought through the implications. And so I'll give you a couple of examples that might help explain what I mean. Number one, um, you, when you use these applications, you very often don't even know what codes they're sharing. 
Um, we see all the codes because we sit on page and we, we track that. And we see codes like, for example, Military Hero 30, clearly designed for somebody who has served in the military and therefore in the eyes of a retailer earned the right to a discount. If you were in the real world, my question is, would you ever walk into a restaurant or a store and lie and say, I served in the military, so please give me your military discount if you had not served in the military? Like, I think most people would not do that, right? We would find that to be morally and ethically wrong. In fact, there's a term called stolen valor that's used to describe when you impersonate somebody who has served. But when we go online and we get these codes, we're doing exactly that. We're just doing it digitally. And it's very easy to sort of gloss over that, that lie, if you will, when you do it digitally, just like it's easy to do a lot of things we wouldn't do in the real world when we do them digitally. But like, I, I just, I find that there's a moral ethical problem there, but I also find there's a business problem for retailers. And, you know, we're coming off of a, of a year or two with a pandemic when a lot of our favorite retailers are starting to honestly like disappear, go out of business. And for a lot of them, online sales is the lifeline and they need to be able to conduct online business in a way that they have control over their profit margins. And when they issue a discount code, thinking it's only going to like the 10% of their customers that are VIPs, but then a hundred percent of customers get it. It might feel good to you as a buyer to get that discount, but for a retailer, it's devastating. And what will happen eventually if we do not give retailers back some control over this is they will simply stop offering discounts. And that is really what's bad for everybody. So I'll stop there. <laughs> I think it's interesting. And I think obviously there's two sides to this, two sides to the seesaw. So I think if we dive a little bit deeper into each side, because I think there's obviously the brand's perspective, what can brands do to stop this or limit this from happening? And then also from the customer's perspective, how can they be more, I guess, conscientious about the discount codes they're using and not just go for it and say, whatever discount I get, I'm happy with it. And so let's go to the brand side first. From a brand perspective, what can they actively be doing to solve this, to prevent this kind of thing from happening, to prevent the wrong discount codes being used? Or is it a case of, look, these extensions are here and they're here to stay. So it's just a matter of them adapting to that. Or are there tangible ways to stop it? Yeah. So there's no way right now to stop the extensions from scraping codes. That That's impossible really at this point to prevent. But what you can do is prevent them from injecting them at checkout. And that can help you increase your average order value, which is where we come in. But your question, like outside of our product, because I'm, you know, I'm not just here to talk about that. What can brands do? So what brands have traditionally done when they realize that this is a problem, like, and usually they realize that if they see a big spike in coupon redemptions all of a sudden, and it doesn't correlate to a marketing activity, like they haven't sent out an email campaign or done an ad or had an influencer post. That usually is the sign that a coupon extension has gotten a hold of your codes. If that happens, generally the process unfolds like this. The brand realizes they have an issue. Then they have to search across all of the different coupon and deal sites to see which ones have their codes. And there's something like 15 or more of them. And there's more every day. So you search them all to figure out which one has your codes. Then you have to try to figure out how to get in touch with the people at those companies if you can even figure that out, because many of these are like, honey, big company, not necessarily easy to just get on the phone with somebody. And you have to ask them to try to take your codes down. From the brands we've spoken to, you get very mixed results. Sometimes they'll say yes. More often than not, they either say no, or they say, sure, join our partner program. And then you'll have more control over the codes that we share. 
when you join though, then they become your affiliate and now you're paying them a commission every time somebody gets a code through them on top of what you're losing through the discount. So it's a very frustrating experience. And some of the brands we've worked with have used the word like, and it's dramatic, but like extortion, they feel like the answer is pay us to, to be able to get control or live with it. And so the whole reason that a company like mine exists is the coupon extensions have given brands no ability to control anything. It's, it's very binary. It's either you live with it and you lose money or you don't issue any discount codes, which often is not a sustainable strategy for brands. I think as well, just so everyone listening can get a really strong idea before we move into the customer side is what brands are typically affected? Are these typically larger online retailers with significant monthly revenue? Is there sort of like a threshold or can it affect brands of all sizes? It can affect anybody. I will say though that, and, and there are brands of every size. I mean, you'd be shocked. You know, in general, I think the, the brands that are the savviest with the deepest pockets those, some of those have their own homegrown solutions to prevent this. You know, they have in-house engineering teams that do nothing but focus on solving things like this. Most brands are not like that though. And so they're left to their own devices. So, so it's very interesting and surprising to me who's come to us saying, look, I have this problem and I want to solve it. There are some small, small e-com brands. There are some very large, very savvy ones that I'm even shocked haven't figured out a way to stop it on their own. So it, it cuts across a wide swath of the industry. So now I think let's go into the customer side because as I guess savvy customers, you always want to be saving as much as possible. As you said before, like some people will say, I just want to save as much as I can. You know, I want to hop on the site and this is an amazing extension. Why wouldn't I use it? You know, it's right there in front of me. I can easily get more of a discount. And so there's obviously the ethical concerns around using discount codes that weren't meant for you, that, you know, just aren't meant to be used by every single customer. And that's a completely valid point, but other people might say, I'm just going to use it anyway. Or maybe if there's other discount codes that come up, I'm going to use those instead. And so what would you say from a customer perspective? How can everyone listening who's a brand owner, I guess, think about how their customers are thinking about it or maybe make it easier, I guess, for brands to do the right thing. What do you think about from a customer perspective? Because you chat with brands a lot. What are they? What should we be thinking about as buyers from these brands? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do. I think everybody has their own unique circumstances and I certainly don't want to come here and say, don't ever use a coupon extension because for some people that can make the difference between whether they can afford something or not. Like, you know, it's not for me to say, whether somebody should should rely on this, which is why I'm more focused on stopping the problem at its root than, than really trying to change customer behavior. But I would say that just educate yourself. Like whatever decision you make, make sure it's an educated decision and that you're doing it with full information. And when I say that, I really mean a couple of things. Number one, I would say do look at the codes that these extensions are injecting. If you do wind up with your discount from a code like military hero 30, maybe take a minute and delete it out of the promo code box. Because if you wouldn't use that code in real life, I, I would personally, for me, I wouldn't use it online. You know, there are other codes like that, like frontline worker or healthcare hero or hero teacher. I mean, these are real, real codes that we've seen. I also saw one that was an employee discount code. Like to me, those are crossing a line. And so I think everybody has to decide where that line is for themselves, but at least educate yourself and look at what codes are being used and, and make that decision rather than kind of blindly allowing the extension to do that work. The second thing though, is read the terms of service and understand really what you're agreeing to, because when you use these extensions, you're not just 
using the codes, you are supplying the codes. And if you have a retailer you really love that you want to make sure is around in two, three years, and you go to their website and you type in a promo code, you are the one who is giving that code to the whole world if you have an extension present. And so I just think we all need to, it's conscious capitalism, right? It's like, it's like making informed choices. Always at the end of the day, you have to make the choice that's right for you. But I think we all just need to do it in a way that's more informed maybe than we have been in the past. I think that's I think that's super interesting and something that I can start thinking about as well. And I guess everyone listening can, even if they're a brand owner, think about it from the reverse side and think, okay, maybe I should be doing this with brands I shop from as well. But I think I want to make it super tangible for everyone listening. What does the process look like when these coupon codes are overused? We talk about brands not being around in one, two, three years. How does that process look? Is it constant discounting, lowering those profit margins? They can then no longer profitably operate, so then they just cease to exist. You know, what does that process look like so everyone can get, I guess, a very vivid image in their mind of what it looks like when this all goes wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, e-commerce brands already operate on very low margins. Um, it's it's actually actually quite surprising when you, when you dig into the data. And so when you think about the fact that these companies are on razor thin margins to begin with, the data that we have shows that coupon extensions lower average order value. And of course it depends on the, the brand, but generally between four and 10%. That is a huge amount to lose on a sale if you're already on a thin margin to begin with. Now, where it gets even more complicated and where it really starts to snowball is, for example, if the brand is working with affiliates. So affiliates, I'm sure everybody knows those are you know people that basically promote your product for you. And then either through an affiliate link or through a code, claim credit for the sale. And then generally you pay them a percentage or a fee based on how many sales they drove. If you're working with affiliates, it can really, really get messy because in two ways, actually. Number one, it can be bad for affiliates because if I'm your affiliate and I legitimately send traffic your way and it's done through a code, let's call the code Kathleen20 and they get to your site, if Honey pops up and my code was worth 20% off, but Honey has something worth 25% off, Honey is going to overwrite the code that I sent you to the website to use. And so the business came from me, but somebody else is going to get the credit. And so I get underpaid. But then also, if you think about it as a retailer, when you decide where to put your marketing dollars in the future, you're going to put it towards that other source that didn't actually drive the business. And so the ROI of your marketing overall is going to start to go down because you're going to be making choices based on faulty information. So that's one way that the affiliate issue crops up. But the other one that's even scarier is when I, as an affiliate, haven't sent the business your way but my code gets into a coupon extension database either because I deliberately submitted it. And there are some affiliates who can do really shady things and, and put them in on purpose or because somebody used it and then it got picked up. Either way, somebody goes to your website from a Facebook ad, honey comes up, they put the Kathleen 20 code in and it didn't come from me. It came from a Facebook ad. Now you're average order value is going to go down between four and 10% because of the discount that the code qualifies that person for. But you will also be paying me an affiliate commission for a sale I did not drive. And you are also paying Facebook for the ad that really did drive the sale. So you can start to see how this begins to have a real snowball effect where you're overpaying for un underperforming marketing channels. You know, you're taking a hit on your margins. You could be overpaying affiliates. It's, it's, a horrible, horrible downward spiral. Mm. And now I'm just thinking of the solutions to this. I think 
it's a very vivid pain right now. And I, it's something that I haven't thought all that much about. And I just see Honey as this amazing extension that has this infinite upside and no downside. So I think this is amazing. But now when we think about what brands can do, they can obviously go the route and you know combat it at the source. Or I guess they could stop discounting altogether. Like, Where do you see this going in the next three to five years as e-commerce becomes, I guess, more competitive? There's always going to be new brands that come up and there's always going to be brands that stop. But how do you see it playing out? Is it, you know, they need a way to combat this at the source or a brand's just going to move maybe to a model where they just don't discount their products and go for a more premium price point? What do you see it looking like? I mean, I think there are some brands that will not discount, but those are the brands that probably didn't discount a lot to begin with. These premium brands don't like to be associated with coupons and discounts. They feel it attracts the wrong audience. And so those brands will continue to do what they've done now. But funny enough, some of them do use coupon codes for other things beyond discounts. Like we work with one brand that doesn't discount anything, but they give out a coupon code for a gift with a purchase. And so there's a lot of different ways these brands use codes. I have another one that uses discount codes for their wholesale customers because they, they don't have separate wholesale and, and retail websites. So, you know, there's still going to be use cases. There will always be use cases, even for premium brands where codes sometimes are necessary, you know, and the technology is evolving in such a way that for many brands, they're going to move where they can to single use codes. So, you know, if they're doing a direct mail or an email campaign, they're going to give somebody Wayfair is famous for this. You get it, the Wayfair postcard and it has like a crazy long coupon code on it. And that is unique to you. Nobody else has gotten that code. It can only be used once. You should use those where you can. Everybody should. But those are not good for, you know, Google ads or, or Facebook ads where you want to put a coupon code in your ad. They're not good for podcast advertising where you want to be able to say a code. So there's a lot of different use cases that don't support one-time use codes. So I think codes will continue to be around. And I think that there is an increasing awareness on the part of retailers that this is a problem and they're starting to fight back. You know, so if you Google this issue, you'll see some spirited discussions. Like there's one in the Shopify forum where people are just outraged over this. And, and it's kind of interesting to see how emotional some of these retailers have gotten and frustrated over the problem. And so I think that what's starting to happen is there are the emergence of new tools like Clean Cart, which is ours, and other methods for retailers to start to tip that seesaw back down to a place where it's even. You know, and I don't think Honey and Capital One Shopping are going to go away, but I think that they've had this run where they've had absolutely unfettered control. And I don't see that continuing. I don't think it's sustainable. Mm, mm. I think it's something that we can all dive into in a bit more detail, do our research, and even as consumers or as brand owners, have a think about what's really going on and how can we, I guess, combat it and do the right thing by everyone. So Kathleen, it's been awesome to have you on the show. I really appreciate your insight. It's something I'm going to be looking at a lot more, and I hope everyone listening as well can have a bit more of a deep dive into something like this, because I think it's going to only unravel more and more as the year goes on and then the coming years as well. So thanks again for being on the show. I really do appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, Austin. This was fun.